Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Shire Salvos podcast. Jack and Claire Clifton with you to uh, guide you through everything that's happening at church and also uh, tell you a little bit more about the sermon that was done earlier today uh, by Beth Twivey. Claire, very good evening to you. Nice to be on the Shire Salvos again, and uh, we creep uh, close to Christmas. Our second uh, service, I guess, conglomerate service that uh, we were able to spend together it was my first um, time of, of, I guess, everyone being together, which was yeah. nice. Yeah. Very infectious to see all the, all the kids um, running around and uh, kids' time and that kind of oh, stuff. It was so really nice to be in the same building again. I think for me, kids' time is the highlight. You, d- I just, I guess we don't have kids, but I can imagine as a parent, you must be thinking, what is my kid going to say? Are they going to say something really embarrassing? <laughs> but no, it's always a lot of fun. And yeah, it's great to be back in church. Yeah, we've got uh, a little bit of, get, of news and different things to get through. We're getting close to Christmas. We'll mm-hmm. give you a bit of an update on the Christmas services. Uh, we've got um, uh, some news about a new youth pastor that we're, we're going to talk to you about and some of the other things that are happening uh, around the church at both our Menai and Miranda locations. So we'll start our Shire Salvos news section off by talking um, about the service for next week. So uh, we still need to register for all of the uh, every effectively every Sunday that we go to church. Which obviously, if you're you're listening and you've gone to church recently, you would probably know um, about that. So we are just having the one nine thirty service now. Um, so uh, you you just need to jump on and register, um, and it's pretty easy to do that. The link is put in the uh, the different uh, Shire Salvos Facebook pages. Um, so if you want to access it via that way and you like one of those pages, uh, you can you can do that as well. Uh, there is a, a direct link as well um, that uh, that will be will be put up in those Shire Salvos groups or you can call the church office as well um, and uh, yeah, that, they'll be able to, to give you, either give you the link directly or they'll be able to sort it out, sort it out for you and put, uh, put your name um, on the list. But Claire's I've got a bit of news about our new youth pastor. Yeah, so last Sunday in church, it was announced that Anastasia had resigned from her role as youth pastor. She, um, very exciting, she's finished uni and has accepted a teaching position um, for 2022. And so, yeah, we just want to say from the Shire Savers podcast, thanks so much, Anastasia, for everything that you've done for our youth, the investment that you've made um, and the way that you've worked with the team at Menai. And um, very exciting that Jacob Browning, who's been acting in the role for a little while, is taking on a permanent position as youth pastor, which is amazing. Mm. He's done a great job while Anastasia's been on her placements. And, um, yeah, we know that he's the right person for for the next season and um, we know that he's an avid listener of our podcast here. That's great. So, Jacob, That's great. <laughs> if you're listening, we love you, mate, and I'm really excited what God's doing in your life and um, through your ministry at Shire Salvos. Yeah, great to have Jacob on board and we've been so blessed to have so many uh, great people that have looked after the youth. Of course, before Anastasia, it was Tristan and um, Anastasia's done a fantastic job and we know uh, that Jacob would do a great um, great job as well. So I think that's a really wise decision by um, the, uh, the ministry department and uh, everyone else involved um, with that decision. Our Christmas services are coming up. So we're going to have Christmas services on Christmas Eve and also Christmas Day this year. So the Christmas Eve service is going to be happening at 6 p.m. Um, at uh, 11 Pilliger Place, Bangor, our uh, Menai location of Shire Salvos. So you can come and celebrate uh, the joy of Christmas uh, with all of us at Shire Salvos. Um, you can phone the church office uh, directly if you want more information about that. You can also register via the Shire Salvos website um, or you can head to the Salvation Army website um, that has a bit more information. But uh, basically, all you need to know is the Christmas Eve service, 6 p.m. on the 24th of December. And I think that'll be a great time to... 
obviously hear, hear the word and, um, and I guess celebrate Christmas, but a great chance for us to connect with others afterwards as well uh, with a six o'clock time slot. We don't normally have evening church, um, so that's a, a nice little um, blessing for us. And then the Christmas Day service, 9.30 a.m. up there at, uh, at Bangor. So uh, if you want more information about that, you can contact the church office. Christmas is going to be great this year. Really looking forward to that. So one of the other events that we wanted to tell you about that's happening ne- uh, next month in December um, is a day on the water. So we really love these days where we can get together um, down in the park. It's great that we're able to do that now. So we're meeting as a church community at George's River National Park. Um, so that's on Saturday the 11th of December. Now bring your own picnic lunch if you have any like watercraft or Mm. (laughs) boats or anything like that. Um, But feel free to bring family and friends. It's going to be a great day together. So that's from 9am to 3pm. So yeah, encourage you to come along. And finally, we uh, need Christmas volunteers. So Shah Salvos has a range of uh, volunteer opportunities uh, this year for Christmas. Um, so if you'd like to help out, um, please see our Christmas sign-up table, which is in the church foyer um, every Sunday, or you can call the church office on 95429500. That's 95425900. There's um, a myriad of, of different things that um, you can help with. There's gift wrapping and collecting, a toy and food donation pickups. Uh, there's also set up and pack down of hamper packing and there's all sorts of other different tasks as well. And, and if you were at church um, earlier today on Sunday, you would have heard Mark's talk about there is an option if you just want to be on call. Um, so if they're a little bit low on staff or they need a little bit of help, um, you can be on call for them to call you up. And if you're available, can help out that way. Um, but I think it's a really great opportunity to to give back to uh, not just our church, but give back to others. A lot of these um, Christmas hampers and, and gift wrapping and um, the toys and stuff that are, pa- are passed on to families and, and individuals that um, are, are, are not doing as well in life as we are. And especially with, with COVID having really plagued us over the last couple years. It's not um, the ordinary person that you would see sleeping rough on the corner. It's your next door neighbor. It's the kind of um, parent at the school that you um, you have a bit of a chat with um, at three o'clock. It's um, an uncle, a cousin or whatever. So I think, um, yeah, giving in at, at this time when people need help and um, we, um, and talking of those people that, yeah, have have the, that time available and, and can help out. I think it's a, it's a really, a really good thing. So encourage you to do that. You can call the church office for more information on 9542-9500. And just a reminder that uh, the Shire Salvos uh, website is the best place to go uh, for information about what's happening uh, around both Miranda and Menai locations, shiresalvos.org.au. And also the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Shire Salvos. We're going to jump in and listen to the sermon that we had from Beth Twivey, Claire's mum, my mother-in-law. It was great <laughs> to have uh, Beth here um, at church for the last time as well. Um, it's, yeah, well, the, the last time we'll probably see her at, at Shire Salvos or and potentially the last time that we'll we'll hear her kind of preach at, uh, at Shire Salvos. She's been the area officer for the last four years and um, I know it's with a heavy heart that Mark and Kim and Joel and the rest of the Shire Salvos crew um, say uh, goodbye to her, but it was a really good sermon today from mm. uh, from Beth talking about Revelation. It's one of those books and probably those passages that we steer away as Christians, especially mm. in the Western world. It can uh, be a little bit tricky and a little bit fiddly and not something that we really want to uh, think about. But um, yeah, Beth really challenged us about um, yeah the way to uh, to approach uh, Revelation and I guess a few revelations uh, that she had uh, as well. So this is uh, Beth Twivey's sermon from a church this morning, Sunday, the 28th of November on Revelation. 
I think we should have just done that Lynn gave the sermon, don't you reckon? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Very good, Lynn. And I dobbed you in for that because you were telling me a few weeks ago that you were studying it. And so I, Joel said, is there anything you'd like? And I said, I reckon we should be asking Lynn McComb to, to share about what she's learning. Now, I'm on my device this morning because my printer wouldn't work. You know what they say about not working with animals and children? I reckon they should add, don't work with your device either because it's likely to go off, isn't it, or do something or I'll lose it halfway through. But anyway, here I am. Thank you for your kind words, Mark. And yes, um, finishing up as the, one of the area officers in Sydney and heading up to the sunny coast uh, in the new year to Caloundra. I know I'm taking one for the team. Yeah, I'm going to live like a savage up there. <laughs> I know, it's my, one of my favourite phrases. My, Claire's probably going, truly, did she have to include that? <laughs> but good to be here and it has been my privilege uh, to work with um, Shire and Mark and Joel and Kim also. And I see David, my friend David Hosking down there too, would acknowledge how good it's been to work with David over these last couple of years too. Wish it was four years ago you'd started, David. But uh, really good. And uh, the adventure of being an officer never underwhelms me. It always overwhelms me, which is a good thing because it, you keep that sense of um, your faith high in what God wants to do through you. But yeah, so Kim asked me a few months ago to preach and I said, now I understand you're going through a thing called the story, so where do you think we'll be up to? She said, don't worry, I'll let you know a bit closer to the time. So about a month ago, she said, oh, you'll be doing the final one on the book of Revelation. <laughs> I said, oh, gee, thanks, Kim. <clears throat> so Kim sent me the link. I think this is a great idea, and I want to commend um, Mark and Joel and Kim. This idea of that you've grasped this series called The Story. And all through the year, as I understand it, maybe from March it was, You've been unpacking significant themes and portions of God's Word. I think that's a great idea to give you this overview of the Word of God right across 2021, a year where we've needed to get a greater sense of what is, of who God is, haven't we? Because there's been so much that could undermine and threaten our focus. So a really good idea. But today is the final instalment and you've arrived at the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. So I might say to you, is it the end or maybe we could think of it as just the beginning? Just the beginning. I don't know when Mark and Kim and Joel were planning the year what they hoped your takeaways would be uh, from doing this series. But I imagine, if I'm thinking like them, that it would be that you would be determined as you've learned and read and thought about the themes of God's word called the story, that you would be determined um, to in all things be formed by that story. That's the story. And it's his story, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And to find our own story in that. Now, I wrote that that little intro paragraph a few weeks ago, but yesterday I met a woman who just helped me to see it in the flesh. David and I drove up to Tugra 
to meet with a few friends. And there was um, one of the guys had said, could I invite a friend of mine to come? And I said, yeah, for sure. So this lady came and she sat next to me. And as we were sharing in a light meal together, she shared some of her story with me. But at the end, she said to me, but you know what, Beth? I'm not defined by that story any longer. I have a new story now. I have a new story and I'm full of hope. But she said the last 12, 18 months prior to this, my life was in despair. I, as discovered as she spoke, a very clever woman. She's worked in child safety. She's very educated. She's very passionate about children. She's very passionate about early education. And I thought of you um, when I was talking to her. Um, but she said, my life started to spiral. There was just a few events that happened. And before I knew it, my life was unmanageable because of the use of alcohol. And I was an alcoholic. And I had to tell my children, all in their early 20s, your mother, who you thought was always a strong, determined, focused woman, I've got a problem and I need to do something about it. And she went to the Salvation Army at Duralong. And but so good that she said there, I learnt a different story to the one I was living. And I now, as a result, have a new story. And I thought, that is, that is it. That's why Shire have done this journey of the story. Because your leaders, your spiritual leaders over you, want your lives to be defined by his story, the story. Not what defines you, maybe, at the moment. So we focus our thoughts, and as the clip has suggested, on this book of Revelation, the final book of the Bible. Now, when I was growing up in the church in the 70s, yes, that's right, I am that old, thank you, and a bit of a, bit of a um, I'll dob a couple of my friends in here because I've got two friends here who I didn't know were going to be here, who grew up with me in the 70s, yes, they're the same age, I'm probably the eldest. I am the eldest, I think. The 90s, oh, the 90s. Oh, if only. But I grew up with these guys in the 70s. Now, I want to tell you that if there was any reference to Revelation when I was growing up, it was always met with, oh, oh, really? Oh, we're going to talk about Revelation. And everyone would screw their face up. It was a little bit, it had that in the 70s, didn't it? So when Kim told me I was probably reliving my 70s, years, you know, the bell-bottom things and the whatever we did, the hot pants. Gee, that's coming back to me now. That's disturbing on a number of levels. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting that in the 70s, there was a movie that came out, and I don't know whether if you're, if you're over 50, you should remember. I'm over 60. But there was a movie that came out called Left Behind. Does anyone remember that movie? And it was one of the reasons we all went, oh, when we talked about the rapture, we all went, oh, dear. And there were some jokes and conversations that went around about this movie. So Left Behind, and a fun fact for you to go away with today is that that movie Left Behind and a spin-off series that came from it was directed and produced by a guy called Jerry Jenkins. And it's his son, Dallas who is developing and producing The Chosen, which is one of the best productions on the life of Jesus that I think I've ever seen. Now, I'm going to be really 
thinking, you'll be thinking I'm in my 20s when I say you just get your, you get your phone, you get your smartphone, you go to the app store, it's on your desk, whatever it's called, the desktop, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's one of the little icon things, you go into the app store and it's a free app, you don't have to attach it to your double click on the side or anything, yeah, I'm all over this device stuff. You download an app called The Chosen and they have 30 to 40 minute little chapters, sessions that are all around the life of Jesus. It is magnificent, well worth the free investment. <laughs> so download it. But um, Dallas Jenkins is producing that and his dad did Left Behind. And the premise of Left Behind was around the rapture. And so when we in the Salvation Army, we'd go to youth group and someone was missing, or not there that night, we would have this thing, we'd go, oh, the rapture, it's come, <laughs> they've gone, we're left behind, what's happening? Obviously our name wasn't in the book of life. We used to say that, Lynn, my friend. So and here we are, my device has gone off. So there was lots of jokes. If we went to a meeting, a, a core leadership meeting or something, and someone was missing, yeah, the rapture's come, the office is gone, we're here. So there was heaps of this sort of back and forth that was all around this premise that really was part of the book of Revelation. So imagine my, you know, um, dilemma when Kim says, yeah, talk on Revelation. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, but that was very much a part of my growing up. Now, um, Lynn, I know in your studies and in a lot of the literature that is accompanying the book of Revelation, there is a lot of people interpreting that we are living in end days, in end times. Now, I would just, my only caution here is that I think since Jesus descended into heaven, we've been living in end times because he said on that occasion, I will come again, I will come again. And he didn't give us any idea then of when or how or what that would look like. But he gave us the promise, I will come again. So I think we've been living in end times ever since. And my caution around saying, hearing people say, oh, I think it, you know, now is the time, is that people said that to me in the 70s as a young person. You are living in end times, Beth. Get yourself right with God. Now, I don't know whether any of you had anyone. We had a lot more people that would probably um, challenge us when I was a teenager. We used to call it fishing. Anyone remember that? You'd go to a meeting or a youth councils and an, an older adult, imagine this, my friend, down in the front. I don't think I've ever done this to you, but a, an older person would come along and you'd just feel their hand going around the back of your shoulders and they'd say, Beth, I just want to talk to you about your your life with Jesus, are you right with him today? And you'd go, yeah, I'm fine, thanks, next one, you know, I'd, I'd try and dob one of my friends in. So that was called fishing. So we had a lot more of those adults talking to us. Yeah, we've got to bring it back. Come on, come on. Someone come up here and get on to Hannah or someone. So my caution is we were talking about end times then and... Uh, my only thing would be that I always rest my thinking, and um, Lynn did refer to the verses in Matthew and in Thessalonians, where in the, Thess in the Thessalonians book, it talks a lot about heaven 
and the end days. But it gives the caution, we will not know the day or the hour when he will come. So, be ready. I think, Lynn, you said that a few times. I've got it a few times in my notes. So, be ready. And what was happening for the Thessalonians was that they were getting a bit lazy with it. They were getting a bit lazy with their work ethic. And they were thinking, oh, it's okay, we don't have to do much. You know, God's coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. We can relax. They also were getting lazy in their evangelism. They got a bit slack in actually proclaiming the gospel because they kept thinking Jesus' return is imminent. We're right. doesn't matter about others. So the, the warning in Thessalonians by the Apostle Paul was to say, no, you don't know when it will come. So be ready and allow others to hear the message for them to be ready as well. And Matthew in his gospel did a bit of it as well. So if you're expecting me to bring a message, oh good, they're talking about revelation, I'm going to test this woman out. If you're expecting me to bring a message today that interprets the day and the time and the how or the interpretation of images in Revelation, you'll go away sorely disappointed. Because I think if we were to go around, we would all have probably a different interpretation or have read a different interpretation of those things. I think the main takeaway from the book of Revelation is that it's a writing about victory. The great eternal hope only found in Jesus Christ and a strong assurance that followers of Jesus are following the one who is the Alpha, the beginning, that's the Greek first number of the alphabet. He says of himself, Jesus, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the final part of the alphabet. He is sovereign and as we follow him, we are following and trusting the one who takes things up a notch when we are faced with the dilemmas of our day, our story. My friend yesterday has discovered that for herself. Now, I don't know what your story is. It will be different for each of us today, what we come to Jesus with. And not only when we first start to follow him, but as we, as we go on. For some, it will be that you've had to face the diagnosis from a doctor from a, a scan or a blood test and you hear the doctor say a certain diagnosis and your story all of a sudden becomes so much more intense and into that story comes his story, God's story. Into the challenges of our most important relationships of marriage or parenting or significant others in our life. I don't know what that looks like for you but into that story for you is impacted by the story, his story. They intersect, don't they? The ethics of the workplace, our current state of mind, the highs and lows of parenting children into adulthood, the unexpected phone call bringing the receiver's life into a spin. I did the walk and talk with Kim the other day and I think it's going to be on your page in the next little while, but this Tuesday marks 27 years since I got one of those calls that changed the trajectory of my life and reminded me that unless my story was to intersect with his story, I would be floundering. And I got that call and dropped to my knees and screamed. And my little girl, who was only four, Claire, she ran in from the other room, she was watching television with her sister 
and put her arms around me and said, don't cry, mummy. What's wrong? What's wrong? So that day changed the trajectory of my life when my parents were killed in the car accident. So 27 years Tuesday, pulls the rug out from under your feet and reminds you that unless my story intersects with his, I am floundering. So I don't know what your story is, but in your, in your heart and mind today, you will know what it is. It may be one of those things. It may be something completely different. From my friend yesterday, it was the story of addiction. But into that story, she has intersected with the story, Jesus' story, and her life now has a new narrative, a new story. So I want, as, I, as I've said, to have as our takeaway that revelation is to bring us hope. It's to bring us the promise of victory. It's the assurance that God is sovereign. He is in control. Our future is assured as and when we trust in him. The background for the book was the, the ancient Roman Empire defended its economic and political control and they called their own gospel the Pax Romana, or Roman peace. And when John was exiled, the vision he received was to show that this era of worship to the emperor would soon become deadly to any who would follow Jesus, the Messiah. And John saw his writings as a revelation, an unveiling, a warning circulated to the seven cities in the province of Asia Minor. John used very strong language of warning to these churches and they were spoken of, and again, if you were in the church in the 70s, this was often a topic. He spoke to seven churches that were considered lukewarm, lukewarm, and it was said that it was spit the lukewarm out of his mouth. And so the warning to the church and to me as a young person was, don't be lukewarm about your faith. Don't be lukewarm about what our understanding of God's story is. Don't be lukewarm about what the coming days might be. Be red hot and ready for all that God has planned. So it is certainly something that I have returned to thinking about in the last few weeks as I've prepared. Yes, that warning that John gave, don't be lukewarm. And I'd say it to you here in the Shire, don't let your faith journey, your story, be one that is lukewarm. Make the story of the Salvation Army, make the story of the body of Christ, make your story one that is red hot and reflecting the love of Jesus and his plan, not only for you, but for all who believe. Amen? Yeah, let's do that. John's main point, though, was not only to... Um, to warn and to challenge, but he did want to encourage believers in the midst of their own opposition and persecution and in the midst of their story. He wanted there not only to be warning and challenge, but for there to be encouragement to live as he wanted them to. The literary form of the book of Revelation was one that was known by people uh, in those days who followed Jesus. It was familiar to them. It was called apocalyptic writing, but they knew of Daniel, they knew of Ezekiel, um, Matthew's gospel has also some of it, but um, so they were familiar with this style of writing that is known as apocalyptic writing, it was familiar to them. When a visitor from heaven reveals the secrets of the unseen world and the future, 
through vivid symbols. And while the symbols, and Lynn talked about a few of them, I'm not going to go into them as much, but when, the, when you first look at all the symbols, they, are, they all do appear quite strange and not stuff that we often would talk about or phrases or images. But if you're a creative, I reckon you'd love reading the book of Revelation because it has so much of the imagery and visuals that if you're a creative, you often get so much uh, clearer. And as we study them, we can then see them in the light of other Bible imagery. And the book of Daniel, as I said, is also part of this genre in the, in the, in the scriptures. Now, the vision has four parts. And if you read through Revelation, and I'll encourage you to between now and the end of the year, it's put into parts and they all start with this phrase, I was in the spirit when I saw and I was reminded again as I read over my notes this morning, what a challenge that is to us to take time as God's people to be still and to be listening and discerning what God might be saying. John took opportunity in his exile to do that. And it was while he was discerning and waiting on God that he saw, while I was in the spirit, while I was seeking God, I saw and then he recorded what he saw. So it's a reminder to us to do that, to take time in our life to do that. So they start with that phrase, and if you read it through, you can underline them again and again. I was in the spirit, and I saw. So these main posts, they start with warning, as I said, then encouragement, and then they centre on the person of Jesus and his role in the redemption of the world and the judgments he brings to the world. Now, there are immoral, political and economic forces that rebel against God then and still today. And John was writing that these will be destroyed and our Messiah, our Messiah, those who followed the Messiah, our Messiah will triumph over all his enemies and the vision closes with the promise that God's faithful servants will reign over a new creation. See, I'm doing a new thing, he said. And is not our current day full of immoral, political and economic forces that rebel against God? So this book is so relevant to us today, individually, corporately as a congregation and corporately as the part of the Salvation Army, part of the body of Christ across our nation. So in that sense, what marks the conclusion of the books of the Bible as we have them today, I think, is not really the end, but indicating the beginning, the beginning again. See the new thing that God is doing. And I would say to you also in reading, in reading the Revelation, the book of Revelation, is to take all of John's writings into context here. John was also the writer of one of the Gospels and he also um, penned the letters to, of John, 1, 2 and 3, it is believed. So I always think it's never good to take things out of context, context but to see them as a whole. And of course, in our own lives, we can have sometimes our own personal biases as we approach any reading or other readings we're doing that might impact them and that can be good but we just need to always be discerning and seeking God. 
And really one of the keys to understanding the whole book of Revelation is in knowing the Old Testament, you're connecting to the New Testament. Um, one scholar has said there is hardly any verse in the book of Revelation that doesn't have some link to the Old Testament writings. So it's a basic principle of understanding the Bible that you interpret scripture with scripture. One helps you with another. So I'd encourage you, if you're reading, read the full context. And that's why this story idea has been, I think, such a good one. Um, but you've got to read it to know it, haven't you? Some have called the book of Revelation the fourth gospel because it gives such a, a strong portrait of Jesus. And really Matthew, uh, Mark and Luke also did that. They wanted to give the reader of the gospels a clear sense of who Jesus is, how, what, who he was, how he behaved, what he said, where he went, how he did it. And so some have said Revelation is like the fourth gospel because it has such a, a vision of high Christology, a vision of Christ. The Christ that is encountered in Revelation is the Lord of glory who has attained to his glorious kingdom. He's the Lord of history, the King of the universe. We speak of him as the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Amen? And he, in one of the chapters alone, it gives us a look at a tenfold description of Jesus. I think it's the third chapter, which is a study in itself. And I want to encourage you to take a, do a study on Revelation. Look a bit deeper. I reckon, Lynn, you should probably offer a class. They could come along weekly and listen to you, Lynn. That would be good. Oh, good on you. Come on. Yeah. Now, interestingly, when I read of John, when I remembered about John being exiled to an island in the Greek islands called Patmos, as a younger woman... I'd built up a picture of Patmos in my head that was desolate, it was dry, it was pretty ordinary, a God-forbidden place, and this poor guy, John, ends up there in exile. I don't know whether you've ever done a study on how the disciples of Jesus, their life ended. Um, but it's a tragic list, really, of all the disciples, those first 12, and how they died. Many of them were crucified in the same way that Jesus was. And, and John, who wrote Revelation, also met with a very tragic death. But before he did, he was exiled to this island. So I've had this picture in my head since those days in the 70s, probably, of this God-forbidden place. And then a few years ago, I, David and I went on a study tour and we went on the steps of Paul, the Apostle Paul's journey uh, around um, Turkey and, and Greece but they added on for us to go to the island of Patmos. I was so excited, but I had this picture in my mind of what it would be like. So we're on a ferry from some place in Turkey that I can't remember the name of now and I forgot to ask my husband. And we're going to spend two days and one night, not in a cave, <laughs> on the island of Patmos. It was quite a nice little, um, like an Airbnb thing. And as we're approaching it in the ferry magnificent. It's one of the Greek islands. The sky was blue, the water was pristine and such a beautiful colour. All these whitewashed houses on the island. It was magnificent. And here I'm, I'm taking one again for the team. Um, on the first day, we, we were only remembering this week. We were remembering when we were younger because I had a birthday this week. And 
Remember, David, you drove a quad bike. Now, I can't imagine you probably doing that now, but anyway, we won't go there. Um, so we had quad bikes, this big group of us. You can imagine David on the back of a, on a quad bike and I'm on the back going, ha ah. <laughs> my life flashing before my eyes, you know. Um, so we did all these quad bikes and we had dinner together on the beach. Oh, magnificent, truly. Seafood on the beach at Patmos. Come on, Hannah, come on. Um, but anyway, on the second day, they announced, we're taking you to the cave where John wrote the book of Revelation. And we all thought, wow, wow, we're going to see the cave. So we had to walk up. It was quite a steep hill. And we went into this complex. Of course, it's all become a tourist attraction. So we had to walk past the retail shop where David did buy me a piece of silverware, let me tell you. And I was going to bring it today and I forgot. But anyway, we walked in. I'm forgetting a lot of things, aren't I? Um, I did turn 63. So, okay, there is that. Um, so we went into this cave and because we were with a big group of Salvation Army officers, and it's not embarrassing at all to do this, I sang O Boundless Salvation around the bed that William Booth died in. I know, we do some, we do, we do some great things, don't we? But anyway, I was with this big group of Salvation Army officers in the cave that they believed John sat in and wrote the book of Revelation. And they said, oh, he probably would have lied here, lay here, and this is where he would have put his head, and this is where he would have been writing on this rock, you know. I'm thinking, really, who came up with this? But anyway. Um, but it was very interesting, and we sat on the rocks, didn't we, David? Someone um, shared a devotion. We read the, some of the book of Revelation, and then we sang. And I think, I couldn't remember exactly, another thing I've forgotten, but I think it's the song we're going to finish our meeting off with today. But anyway, we'll see. Um, so we were there in this cave. And in the edge of the cave, I, I think it had happened naturally, but there was a, a window, a roughly hewn, you know, piece out of the rock and through it. And I'm thinking, this is where John sat. And he'd be looking out here probably. I was in the spirit when I saw and when you looked out, you could see where the horizon met the sky and then the vast ocean that was around it. And I got quite in the, in the spirit as well as I imagined John, the Apostle John, the follower of Jesus, the writer who said, uh, to all who believe, he gives the right. He gives the right to become children of God. John wrote that. And as I sat there that day, that verse went through my mind. That's what you've done, Beth. You made a decision to, to believe and therefore you are a child of God. Eternal life is promised. And then I remembered the book of Revelation. I imagine John looking out there and in the spirit he got a vision. He saw something more than what he currently knew. His story intersected with this greater story of God's story. So I imagined him there. Now, one of the things John wrote at the very end of his gospel, he wrote this. And Jesus did many other things as well as these that I have written. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world wouldn't have room for all the books that would be written. And I wonder when he'd written that, did he then decide, I think I might write another one one day <laughs> and add to the the library of all the, the books in the world that spoke of Jesus. 
I think one of the things to remember with this imagery that we read in the book of Revelation, and I'm again encouraging you to go back and read it after today, that I think John in his vision, when he ended with saying there's going to be a new creation, he was drawing parallels with the first creation. In the beginning, what does Genesis say? God created the world. And in the Garden of Eden, what does one of the key things that is spoken about in the Garden of Eden is the tree of life. And what does John talk about in Revelation? He talks about the trees of life. Not just one that was banned from their um, experience, and that's how sin entered the world, that Adam and Eve took of that tree, and so we became separated from God, and Jesus had to come and be our Redeemer, our Saviour, but here is John right at the end saying, there's not just one tree here, there are trees of life and they surround this beautiful stream that is flowing through this new creation and all who believe, all can partake because these trees are flourishing every day of the year. Every day of the year they're bringing forth fruit that blesses and gives a nourishment to people. And they're by this stream, the water of life. And again, we draw parallels to Scripture in the book of John where Jesus meets the woman at the well who asks for a drink. And what does he say to her? You could take this, the water from this well, but if you take from the water of life that I give, you'll never thirst again. So John is drawing on these things from other parts of Scripture that give the imagery of revelation the trees of life bearing fruit by this stream, the water of life, which he brings. So there's this beautiful back and forth of imagery. But the most important thing, and I want you to think about your story here and what that looks like, and for my friend yesterday and for my own self, um, because one of the greatest promises of Revelation is this, no more death. No more crying, no more disease, no more cursing, no more sickness. John saw the vision beyond his own story, beyond my story, beyond the narrative of the world at that time. And he saw something new, something high above because Jesus was in it. Jesus was the focus and he described it for us in this revelation, this unveiling that there will come a time when there will be no more of these things that threaten to define our story which, and every one of us has a different story. You'll notice in Revelation there is no reference to a tabernacle or a temple or to a curtain that separates where we can enter and where we can't. There's no reference to the Holy of Holies as the early, um, we read in the Gospels where people would go and the priest would have to offer the sacrifice. We don't live in those days anymore because Jesus, our Saviour, has paid the price. He is our Redeemer. He is our Saviour. I'm going to ask um, Josh to come up and the band to come up. Because we're going to finish in a moment. So I want to say to you today, when you think about your story, and they're going to introduce this, this tune of this final song, 
that we'll start off quiet, but we'll probably really raise our voices in victory by the time we finish. The diagnosis of any doctor into your story, I want to say to you this morning, that is not the final chapter. Jesus has written the final chapter. Victory is in him. That is not the end. There is still final chapter to be written. And John has spoken of its unveiling. The challenges of our most important relationships is not the end of the story. Jesus writes the end of the story. The Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, he transforms the story. Because as our story intersects with his, there is transformation. The ethics of any workplace is not the end of the story. There is so much more as we are followers who trust in him. Our current state of mind, your own mental health, your own coping with whatever is part of your story. That's not the end. Today is not the end. The written, the chapter has still to be written, is still written by Jesus, our Saviour. The highs and lows of parenting children into adulthood. The challenges of that, that's not the end of the story. Our Lord of Lords, our King of Kings, He writes the end of the story. The victory is in Him. The unexpected phone call bringing anyone's life into a spin as it did for me, not the end of the story. Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, He writes the final story. Any young person trying to determine what the way ahead is, the first step is making sure your own story reflects that decision to trust in Him. And then no matter what the choices are, He, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He writes the end of the story. The dilemmas of the pandemic and the societal changes it has brought and the ongoing uncertainty around what it's going to look like. This is not the end of the story. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He writes the end of the story. It is declared in Revelation, see the new thing I am doing. This is not the end. It is only the beginning. And the small print, as Lynn referred to, and I would stand stand and say as well, the small print of any of this is, where are we standing as a believer today? Where are we standing as a believer? Is our name written down in glory in the Lamb's book of life, as John described? And as I said from John 1, yet to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the That's the clincher of the story, isn't it? For any of us, that's where our story intersects with his and becomes the story, the story of salvation. And to him, then we sing with the new song, as was portrayed in in Revelation, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. And then John said, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and glory and power forever and ever. And John wrote in John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave. Mark, you reminded us in the offering, we give because he first gave. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him. And sometimes, my friends, we, we don't place ourselves in the whoever. I've met people who say to me, I don't think those verses apply to me. 
And I think, what part of whosoever aren't we getting? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. John saw it when he wrote the Gospel, and John saw it in imagery and future when he saw it when he was in the cave in the Spirit. I want to turn our hearts today to the one who is the, the Alpha and the Omega, our sovereign God who knows us and sees who we are and wants to release us from all that would bind us here on earth and to turn our hearts to scenes of victory, the victory and the unveiling that revelation brings, the freedom from being defined by a disease or a sickness or by tears and the absolute joy that comes when we trust in the one, the one story, the one who makes all things new. And it is then in his authority we stand and declare in him all is well, all is well. And so it's from that determination that I want us to stand and we're going to sing the song, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul, for your soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, every bit of it, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Even so, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And then finally, and this gives a little bit of an, a revelation image here. The last verse is, oh, Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight and the clouds will be rolled back as a scroll and the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Come again. He will come again. Even so, it is well with my soul. We're going to sing this together and I pray that as we're singing it, you will be able to determine in your own heart and mind, that's my story. That's my story. Jesus knows me. I am forgiven. My sin is no more. And I look to the day of his coming again. And Lord, some people pray, oh Lord, come quickly. Come quickly. Intervene now. But you and I will not know the day or the hour or the time. But he asks of us to be, have a determination in our own heart and soul. I'm ready. I'm ready to be found in you. You're my saviour. I'm your child. I do believe and receive you unto myself. So let's stand and we're going to sing. I believe the words will come up. And then by the end, when we get to that final verse, we want it to be really, we'll really pick up the, the tempo. And yeah, I've given the instructions. I'm no muso. <laughs> Sorry about that, Josh. Um, but let's sing it together and do it with a determination as if we're declaring this before you, Lord, today. I declare it is well with my soul. I pray that you can say that of your, of, in your own heart and soul today, that you are found in Him 
and he in you and that your name is written in the book of life because you've surrendered your life over to Jesus. Here's a declaration. Here's a determination. It is well. Though Satan should buffet, the trials will come, the things we could very well be defined by. We, we put them all aside because we are believers who are able to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So if it helps you in a response here, not only to sing with your voice, but to raise your hand and point to heaven. I went somewhere today and uh, this last week and someone saluted at me. I thought they were telling me that I was nearly ready for heaven. But anyway, that is the meaning of the salute. Um, are you going to heaven? We're asking each other the question, the army salute. Are you going to heaven? Is it well with your soul? And today's the day that we have opportunity to declare that and to determine that that's the testimony of our soul. We don't need an older officer to come alongside and put their arm around us because we're in the spirit and he's saying to us, are you right with me today? Are you right with the Lord? Are you declaring that he is your God and you are his child? So let's sing it together. When peace like a river and let this imagery really speak into your heart. And if it helps you to come and stand with me out the front, raise your hand. Whatever will be helpful to you today to kneel, to go and find someone to pray with. Let this be a day that in Shire Salvos and all that we influence, there'll be determination and declaration in our heart that it is well with our souls. Let's sing together. Huge thanks to Beth for bringing us the word this morning. And uh, we also had Lynn McComb that, uh, was, who's been doing a little bit of study uh, in regards to Revelation as well that gave uh, little tidbits of information and what she's uh, been learning and studying about as well. So it was, uh, yeah, not, as I mentioned before, not something we mm. uh, focus an awful lot on. It could probably count on two hands the amount of sermons that have been about Revelation and I, I wouldn't have enough hands uh, to talk about, yeah, some of the uh, the, the sermons of um, that we've had in the past of, of of kind of looking at the gospels and that kind of stuff, which is obviously great to talk about, but good to focus on a book that has um, uh, something something that is certainly going to affect us in the future, Claire, um, but also mm. good to be challenged by Beth as well. Yeah, no, Revelation is one of those books that I think for any Christian, like you say. We, it can be hard not to just pick and choose the books of the Bible that we can kind of digest easiest. And so I thought it was really um, good to hear about Revelation today. And and not only kind of hear about the imagery that can sometimes bring a lot of fear into people's minds, but mm. hear of ultimately the theme of victory um, that is ours in Christ Jesus um, we have so much to be um, thankful for looking ahead, you know, no more tears, no more death, no more crying, all those things yep. it talks about in, in Revelation. Um, and we, I guess we need to ask ourselves, um, are we ready? You know, mm. are we ready? So, are we in that book of life that yeah, was spoken about? Yeah, absolutely. So, no, it was a really good way to finish off our our series. So, yeah, that's that. That's the kind of finishing of our story, uh, the story, mm. our series that we've been doing for thirty one weeks. Hard to believe it's been going for that long, um, but it's been great as a church to be going through the Bible together. It has. 
and um, I look forward to doing another series. Yeah. Hmm, we'll have to do like maybe a longer one next time, hey? Yeah, we'll have to drop a note to, uh, to yeah. Kim and Mark about that. Mm. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> get our, us through we'll, 2022. We'll get our thinking caps on and uh, see uh, see what happens. Maybe but we can spend a year in Revelation. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I think there'd be a few uh, depressed faces uh, around uh, around the place. But it's was, victory. It's victory. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was great to have uh, Beth and, and David in attendance. And, uh, yeah, we thank Beth for uh, the support that she's given Shai Sawyer over the last four years. And, yeah, it was great to, to delve uh, into the world, uh, into the word as well. That brings us to the end of the Shire Selfos podcast this week. We hope you've enjoyed uh, the the coverage of everything that's happening um, around the traps at both Miranda and Menai. And as we get uh, closer to Christmas, it is easy to get swept away with uh, Christmas trees and Christmas lights and presents and Santa and all of those kinds of things. But it's important to remember that uh, Jesus is the reason for the season and uh, we are, um, as Christians and as followers um, of our Lord uh, and Saviour, important for us to uh, continue to think about that, meditate on that, and, and certainly spread that uh, throughout the land. So that's my encouragement for you this week as uh, we'll, we'll, we'll creep our way into December next week. Claire, uh, great to have uh, done the Shire Salvos podcast with you again. And um, yeah, we'll be, we'll be rounding things back up again next week. We will. The first one for December. Can you believe it? Yes, I know. We're getting closer to Christmas. Exciting, exciting news. We'll be back for another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast next week. But until then, stay safe. God bless. And we'll see you next week.